Welcome back, Amazon sellers. Today, we have Jim Cockrum from my selling team and founder of the Proven Amazon course as our special guest. He has been in the e-commerce business for over 20 years since 2000. During his journey, Jim accumulated a lot of experience in e-commerce, particularly in Amazon. Today, we're going to discuss what he uses to help grow his Amazon business and how to better reprice replens. Listen carefully to learn how to boost your sales. Check it out. Welcome to the next Amazon Top Seller Podcast. Stay updated with the latest Amazon news and learn the nitty gritty of selling on Amazon through Be Cool's ears of expertise in the Amazon world. I'm Samuel and I am the host of this podcast brought to you by the fantastic Amazon experts and Be Cool. Let's start our journey to become the next Amazon Top Seller. It's a pleasure to be back, Jim. It's great to hear all about the business building warriors and all what you're doing. Yeah, I've been following your podcast closely and there's so many real life cases of success using your proven Amazon course uh, formula. Yeah. Well, thanks for the shout out, man. C certainly appreciate that. A good way to get the episode rolling. A little shout out for the, for the pack course. We're here today to talk about repricers and you guys are the company that I use personally in my account to reprice for our replens business. And I want to spend some time diving into the Be Cool story. So just take it away. You know, Tell me a little bit about your company and let's get into who needs a repricer and uh, even do some training. So let's go, man. Absolutely, Jim. So Be Cool was founded in 2011. So we've been in the business for more than 10 years. And we're also in the invite-only Amazon Marketplace of Open Council. Yeah, so we're on top of all the new updates including there's some new APIs that are coming soon yeah, for the people who, don't, who aren't familiar yet by July 31st. And uh, we've actually been a repricer for over 100,000 uh, sellers on Amazon. And we collect billions of data, different data points, especially using AI. And we have repriced billions of dollars. And the name Be Cool, you know, what does it stand for, right? It stands for Business Cool Solutions for people to scale up their business and to help them streamline their Amazon business so they can grow and get to the next level. Well, I'm sure there's people who didn't know that, myself included. I couldn't have given that eloquent of an answer as much as we've worked together. <laughs> but at least maybe we can start pronouncing it correctly, those of us who say it wrong in our head. So be cool. I love it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, you know, not everyone needs a repricer. So I think a good thing we might do to frame the conversation today is this is one of those rare episodes that may not be for everybody, although I'd argue that eventually you will need a repricer if you're growing and scaling, uh, especially if you're going through the training the way that we teach Amazon sellers in our community. We start 99% of our students with the replens model, and we'll dig into that. But why do you need a repricer? What does it do for you? Just you know, hit us with the basics before we get too deep into this. Yeah, this might be a refresher for some of the audience here. But the way that Amazon operates is um, you have one ASIN and there could be many, many sellers on the same ASIN selling the same products. And that's how Amazon is organized. So there's a buy box there uh, in every listing or ASIN. And uh, the lion's share of the sales, maybe 80, 85% comes from that buy box. So there's all these different variables that goes in when you're winning the buy box. You know, it could be your fulfillment type. It could be the shipping, the shipping time that you have. It could also be the price as well. Uh, there's so many different factors. So it acts like a black box of, you know, how do you win the buy box? But at Bequal, well, we believe we've cracked the code and we know that the most important factors are the fulfillment method, maybe the selling price and also your shipping time as well. So those have the highest degree of impact when you are, when you're repricing. And, you know, we've taken all those considerations into our AI model uh, to help you to get better buy box win rate. And as a result, get you more profits for your business. That's a great, that's a great recap. And not to dive into the weeds too soon, because I know you've got some great content and training for us here, but you just said one of the top three most important factors is shipping time. And I want to make sure I understand when you, why you've included that in your list. Here's my understanding and then correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say there's three FBA sellers. There's one on the West Coast, one in Central United States, and one on the East Coast, and we're all priced exactly the same. And a customer near me in Central U.S. 
is shopping for that ASIN, they're more likely to see me because I can ship it to them faster in the buy box. They're more likely to see me show up in the buy box. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying when you say the shipping time? Because with FBA, the only variable is how fast Amazon's going to ship it out of their warehouse. I don't control that because once it's in FBA and, and, and we all know FBA wins the buy box more than merchant fulfill typically. So talk me through that. Am yes. I wrong on any of that? I actually agree, agree with you. And the way that it works is let's say um, there's all three of them are all FBA sellers. And then so when you're shipping the product, you can decide which Amazon warehouse you're shipping it to or whether you want to ship part of it to this Amazon warehouse and part of it to another Amazon warehouse. So one of the concepts is whoever owns the buy box, it could be different. So maybe you are in Indiana and the person who's on the East Coast who has shipped it to a closer Amazon warehouse using FBA, of course, they, if you know, given all things are the same, the price is the same, they have a faster shipping, then Amazon will actually give that preference to that seller. But in most cases, right, there's other factors that comes into place as well, like the seller rating, for example, what's the positive, like there's other more minor factors as well. So almost no two sellers are exactly the same. Uh, and sure. from all the data that we've seen. It's really hard to do apples to apples. And in my example too, I want to make sure to clarify, I'm saying mine's sitting in a warehouse in central United States at Amazon's warehouse. And, you know, so we're all using FBA. Obviously I can't control the product at that point. It's in Amazon's warehouse. But I was just curious if you guys had uncovered anything there. It, one of the tips we give people, I think if this will make sense to you, Samuel, is we say you want to be in, once you've got a winning ace and you want to be in a bunch of warehouses if possible, because you're more likely to win the buy box if you're in a warehouse near where the customer lives when they place their order. You're more likely to win the box. Uh, have you guys seen that to be true? We've seen in, in general terms that uh, if you're an FBA seller, you have a big leg up because you're using Amazon's warehouse, right? And then if you're an FBA seller and let's say for this region and you send the products to the regional Amazon hub for the warehouse, then in those cases... For those audience, they're more likely to appear in uh, the buy box. Yeah, but every scenario is a little bit different. Yeah, so uh, we we've seen different scenarios. Uh, but as a general, you know, if you're using FBA, uh, you have a much higher chance. And the reason for that is because for Amazon, for them to ship the products from a warehouse that's closer, uh, it's going to be lower cost to them than if they're shipping from somewhere that's far away, and also be faster as well. Their logistic costs would also be lower. Yeah. So for your advice of, you know, spreading out your products, definitely you can, you can follow that, that you guys are the experts in, in uh, running the Amazon business. Yeah. Yeah. We've certainly seen that, you know, some people have a, a winning ASIN and they send in three or four at a time to one warehouse and it, they feel like, oh, it's dragging and you can do some great stuff if you spread it out and, and send in 20 or 30 and spread them across multiple warehouses. So not to dive off into the weeds too much, but uh, I'm learning as we go here too. So I'm excited. So just so we're super clear on exactly what a repricer is, I don't want to lose anyone. Maybe we've been obvious at this point, but okay. What is a repricer? What's it do exactly? So what a repricer is you're able to set the mins and max of your price. Yeah. So when you list a product in Amazon, there's your price and a repricer, it changes the prices on your behalf. So it, automates the repricing. So you need to set the min price and the max price and then set up a rule and the min price and max price will act as safeguards to protect your profits. And then, then the price will fluctuate between those two limits according to the rules that you have set up. So it really depends what you want to do. You could have more sales or you could have higher profits. It's, fine. it's trying to find the right balance in order to maximize the total net profits that you get into your account. Beautiful. And, and not everyone needs this. And, and we're speaking to a lot of students who maybe are in that first month of learning the replen system and they've got five or 10 or 20 products that they found. Do they need a repricer or, or, or what point would you say? And I know how I answer this question, but I'm just curious, at what point do you guys typically recommend someone invest in a repricer like Be Cool? We typically recommend people to invest in a repricer uh, maybe when they have about 100 SKUs. Yeah, when yeah. they're taking a lot of time you know, doing the manual adjustment themselves. And in some cases, you know, from even 50 SKUs, if they have you know, high ticket items, if they have products that are higher costs, 
Uh, because if you reprice, let's say you have 100 listings and you're able to get a dollar more or $2 more from each of those listings per month, then it's going to cover your investment into a repricer uh, over and over. And so then it makes business sense to get a repricer and you're able to get more profits. Yeah. And if it's lower, if you're just starting out, uh, then, you know, you might wait a little bit and you might do the manual repricing yourself. Uh, but we've seen people, you know, typically around 100, 100 plus listings. And then, you know, then you're able to use, you're able to monitor your price. You're able to keep track of your pricing. Uh, and it's going to save you uh, valuable time, which you could be doing in other parts of your business, like sourcing, for example. At, at one point is, you know, what you hear a lot is you have a spending goal. So once you get to a certain amount, you got to spend money uh, to keep on getting more products in. And then, then those products will sell. Let's say if they're doing replens, then uh, there's a certain demand for those products. Yeah. So, you know, typically we say, uh, you know, about 100 listings uh, and you can start out as 50. But typically, earlier you start, the earlier you know how to use configure it. And you can also get more profits faster as well. Yeah, for sure. And that's about the answer we give to once you find yourself kind of inconveniently spending more time than you'd like to be setting your prices and monitoring everything, it's time to get a repricer it, And about a hundred ASINs is typically where that starts happening is what we've noticed a hundred listings. So, all right, now we're going to start kind of getting into the, uh, now that we've kind of covered the basics, you know, what is it about be cool? Uh, you've got some some different conditional settings and some rule-based settings. And let's start getting into a little bit of the, the training portion on your particular tool. And and again, keeping in mind, uh, we're going to do our best for those who just listen to this podcast. Like I said in the introduction, um, there are some visuals. But you, you don't have to have them, but they may be helpful. So we'll stick a link in the show notes so you can go catch this on YouTube if you want to see some of these. And if there's any like handouts or maybe some PDFs of the of the visuals you've used, uh, maybe we'll make those available too, Samuel. But let's dive into, you know, why do you need a, a be cool repricer as opposed to some of the other options? I know Amazon, for example, had a, its own repricing feature. I think they still have it, but it only goes one direction down. <laughs> I think if you're gonna re, it, the price only drops, it never goes up. Well, the nice thing about using a smart repricer is it goes up when you can. Um, so talk us through some of these features. The difference for uh, the be cool repricer, like we have... The traditional, which is the algorithmic rule base, and those rules, those have been there's preset rules, so they've been preset to go up by a penny, to go down by a penny, or to match the buy box price, and then then we have the AI repricer, which we introduced in uh, the last podcast episode, which is episode 404 that we did together uh, with you, and these will go using the AI, which uh, will have machine learning. And then what we just launched just a few weeks ago is the conditional repricing. So with BeQuil, you could use all three types of different strategies, uh, the rule base, the AI repricer, and also the conditional repricer, which I'm going to go and dive in more detail. And we're also one of the most affordable repricers with proven results. Now, some of the conditional repricing, some of our other repricers in the market charges 10 times as much yeah, for similar features. And we're also in the Amazon Marketplace Development Council. So it's very safe and we're regularly audited by Amazon and we continue to get updated. Uh, so there's gonna be a lot less glitches when you're using our repricer. Uh, so there's there's difference. And I, I, can I can go in and I can show you uh, just what are some of the differences between rule base, between AI, and then and also the conditional repricing. Yeah, let's let's try to nail down, you know, some of the hit some of the highlights on the three different strategies and and who might consider them. Yeah, let let's dive in. This is good stuff for a lot of listeners today. Uh, so yeah, you're gonna start off with rule based, I assume. Yes. So I'm gonna start out with rule based, and I'm gonna uh, share my screen here, and I'm gonna just just talk through. I'm gonna be as descriptive as possible whenever I can, and uh, let me just show you guys. So once I get into the repricing central dashboard. Uh, you're actually able to compare the different rules depending on the AI powered, the rule base, or the conditional uh, repricing. So you actually can, you can compare the results, you compare the buy box win percentages of those, and also the number of orders that you're getting as well. And then so it's under the repricing rules tab. And when I click on the repricing rule tab, uh, then I'm going to log in here. And typically, 
uh, it will bring you to this uh, interface where we have the AI powered on the left-hand side. We have the rule base uh, and then the conditional repricing. Which are the three different approaches. Yeah, those are the three that we're going to talk about today. Uh, rule-based, AI, and conditional, the three different strategies. Yes. Okay, and right now we're talking about rule-based. Yeah. And uh, what's really interesting, Jim, is with rule-based and AI, it would slowly get into conditional repricing because that's like the next level. So typically people start with rule-based, and here you might target the lowest price, you might target the lowest FBA price. And for rule-based, uh, the main difference is you can select who you want to compete against, who do you want to exclude, you could also uh, decide what happens when you get the buy box, but you got to decide that yourself. Uh, you got to, you know, add a penny, remove a penny. Who are you competing against? Let's say you're competing against Amazon. Typically, you might go down maybe three percent. So you could do those settings in there. And then what happens when you stay in the buy box? Like once you get the buy box, what happens? Do you raise the price? Do you lower the price? Uh, what happens next? And this is typical if you know your competitors very, very well. And you might, you know, know some of the competitors well, but, you know, there's so many different products once you get to a certain level and you might not know each of the competitors that well. And then so the main difference for a rule base is uh, it's a lot more manual. You have to select uh, who the competitors are and exactly how much, you know, do you go, go up by and go down by to get the buy box. And this is all using your human knowledge, like using manual knowledge. So you, you got to set those up. And uh, there, there's different preset rules here. And typically you see some of the other, a lot of people that claim they have AI, but, but what is AI, right? So this is rule-based. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about AI. And uh, we talked a little bit about this in our last episode, but for AI, uh, it's much easier. You don't need to choose who your competitors are. Uh, you don't need to you know, choose what amount you go up, uh, up by or down by. Uh, there's actually incremental repricing for uh, AI. So uh, for rule base, you got to set that up yourself. Uh, like what happens if you know when you when you get the buy box uh, when you're competing with someone. But AI will take all those considerations, take all those variables, and it would do a price prediction uh, depending on whether you prefer sales, which is which is, let's say, on, on our interface will be the AI sales maximizer, usually used for, let's say, liquidation strategies, uh, usually used for products that you have excess stock on, or uh, profits. And we call that the AI profit maximizer. And for the AI profit maximizer, it's going to focus more on profits. So it's going to raise your price a lot more and uh, a lot faster. And it's going to keep you more, more towards your, more, it was going to move towards your max prices, whereas the AI sales maximizer is going to keep you more close toward your min price in an attempt to keep the buy box. So uh, with the AI, you know, how, how does it happen, right? Like, what's the AI? Like, how does it work? So just to explain to um, you know, everybody what the AI works is it's based on a central model. So earlier we talked about the different variables, and we have a centralized model which takes into all those considerations. So we have a team of in-house uh, AI engineers uh, who've been doing this for years and years, and many of them have been with us for 10 years. So, you know, they, they know repricing extremely well. So it's based on a centralized learning model of the entire Amazon, all the different listings, uh, using a very large sample size, uh, using billions of data points to make these predictions. And then, then it takes part of that central learning model, and then there's an account-based learning model. And this is actually that specific Listing. So, what's the main difference between AI and rule-based algorithmic rule-based? Is with AI repricing, uh, there's machine learning. So, it would actually learn that specific ASIN. And if there's new competitors that jump in, if there's people who leave, it would reprice a lot more. Instead of just following a set of rules that you set, uh, it would actually go up by different amounts to get you that sweet spot. Uh, for the buy box. So it either raise your price, it might lower your price, or it might keep the price around the same if you're using the AI repricing. So just to talk a little bit more about like, you know, the benefits of using AI and, you know, a lot of customers, they might be new and you might not know the listing extremely well. Maybe you've been in the business for a couple of months and this, you know, this, the learning curve is just much lower now uh, to use the AI. So the five 
you know, main benefits of using AI, you can definitely have, it's much faster to set up. It's much faster to set up because instead of, you know, selecting competitors who the competitors are, uh, instead of having to select what happens with, you know, the specific amount of percentage or amount that it goes by, it does it automatically for you. Yeah. And then definitely you can get a higher buy box win percentage uh, when you're using AI because it aggress- aggressively goes for the buy box. And then um, talking about comparing against, let's say, the Amazon reprice you talk, yes, uh, it kind of goes down with repricing it incrementally reprice up. So incrementally by different amounts, uh, by different amounts. So it doesn't always go the same. It goes by different amounts depending on the condition, the market condition. And then, then it can raise the buy box price as well. And it's much more competitive because there's a machine learning algorithm that continuously learns from the unique ASIN. Uh, so you're going to see for AI, it's going to reprice a lot more and it's a lot easier to set up. Gotcha. And, and speaking of setup, that's kind of one of the things before we jump into the third strategy, we've covered rule-based, we've covered AI. I think we're, we're we're coming in for a landing on the kind of what AI is and the benefits of it. We're going to talk about conditional repricing in a moment, and, and that's the exciting new features. But let's talk about setup for just a second, because we haven't hit that yet. What can you reasonably expect? You talk about putting in the minimum and maximum for every ASIN. You know, that's a one-time thing, and you can adjust those over time possibly. But uh, it sounds to me like with AI, it's going to be a, a faster process than it would be if you went rule-based. That sounds more tedious. So... Yes. I'm quickly yes. leaning towards if I just have those two options, I'd be going to AI. Like it's a clear, clear cha- champion in my opinion. But what is the setup process like? How long does it take? Let's say I've never used a repricer. Do I need to carve out three days to do this? Or, you know, what's the reality here? Okay. For the setup, uh, this is how it works. First, uh, once you sign up, once you sign up, you're going to get an email to activate your account where then you link. It's going to send you an email once you sign up. Uh, on the BeQuil page, and then then it's going to pull in all of your listings from Amazon. So that takes typically you know six to twelve hours, depending on the number of listings you have. If it's more than that, you can contact for support. We also have live chat as well. Then once you have the listings, uh, you just have to set up the mins and max for those. So you know there's several different ways you can set this up. Like you can insert it into here manually. That's when. Uh, one way to do it. You could also use a bulk action to set your min and max prices uh, for up to, let's say, 500 listings at once. Or you could actually upload a file as well. So if you're coming in from another uh, repricer, you could actually download the listings, put it into the file. And one of the interesting things that we have, which is a little bit different, is we can. you could also use the mins and max that you set up in Inventory Lab. Yeah, so uh, you know, Inventory Lab is a strategic partner for us. You could also pull their costs in as well. Yeah, so you could actually pull their costs in. And uh, this is just in our settings here where you're able to just toggle on and then you could have inventory lab integration that pulls in. So the whole process, usually, it'll take you maybe a couple of hours for the very first time, depending on the number of listings you have. Let's say sure. if you have 100 listings, you first, you're going to pull in all those listings in. And if you set this up, uh, we will pull in the listings from in, the cost from inventory lab uh, every 12 hours. Yeah, so that's about 12 hours. And then, then also uh, for all the listings that have come in. So, you know, it takes about a day for all the data to come in. And then once you've connected to the API, the Amazon API. And then after that, uh, you just have to set your mins and maxes. Uh, that's pretty quick. It could take me, you know, right now I'm just showing uh, the audience, like, uh, let's say for this product, I got it for $5. I'm selling it for 10 and then 20. And then I just have to set a rule. Uh, let's say I use the AI equalizer and then I, I just have to set that up and then, then I'm done. Yeah, so that's very, very quick. Like you can do, you can set up one listing in less than a minute. Yeah, so uh, the whole process, it takes about a one to do two days. Yeah, but we do offer the onboarding webinar as well. Yeah, so uh, make sure to join the onboarding webinar, which is free for our users. And uh, you're able to join and you can get a quick start Yeah, and you can fast track your usage. You can know how to use the software a lot better, a lot faster. So typically about a day to answer your question. Very good. Yeah. I just wanted to give people a, a general idea. I didn't want them to be intimidated. I don't want anyone to be intimidated by this process. It, it really can save you a lot of time. 
and help you win the buy box, move your inventory more quickly. And, um, yeah, don't be intimidated by the, that, you know, if, if any of this, and this, I, I realized too, you know, as I've, I've hosted a lot of podcast episodes, this is an unusual episode. It kind of feels more like a webinar almost, but it's content I wanted to get out there. We have so many successful and up and coming replens sellers in our community, and we get a lot of questions about repricers. So I just want to consistently be getting this message out and kind of dive into the weeds a little bit, just so you've kind of, you've heard the terminology, you're not intimidated by it. Um, but there's great training. And, and one thing that you guys are very well recognized for in our community is the, the level of support that you provide to your users. Um, you're very responsive and professional and helpful. And, uh, so if we can just encourage people to start the process, you know, that's kind of my goal from this, but we're doing great. I want to get into conditional repricing next, if that's okay, if, unless you had anything else you wanted to cover on the, the first two, the rule-based, the AI, I think we're ready to transition. Oh, absolutely. Like conditional repricing, like that's the main topic of today's webinar. And so this is so useful because there's so many customers who follow the replens business. And, you know, with conditional repricing, uh, this is a new feature because Amazon is a very competitive place. And it's not fair, but Amazon has raised some of the Amazon fees, you know, recently again, right? So becoming more competitive. So you need to have new tools. You need to have uh, new weapons in your arsenal. Yeah. So to, to definitely be able to face those new issues, the main benefit for using conditional repricing is that it's going to save you time uh, and you're, you'll be able to sell faster and you'll also be able to make more profits. Yeah. So what exactly is uh, conditional repricing, right? Let me just sh share with you my screen here, bring us back to this interface here and the conditional repricing is actually the third tab here. And, you know, earlier we had rule base. And then as we upgraded, as we involve, as we continue to improve, we got the AI. And then now we have conditional repricing. And the reason we have this is because there's certain new rules. You know, Amazon comes up with new rules. Like, for example, on April 15th, that's you know, two weeks ago, Amazon made some news announcement that... Uh, for the products that's been in your inventory longer than six months, that's not selling, they're going to discharge your products you know, with, without your consent. So you have to actually opt out of that. It also for products that are in long-term storage, that are incurring long-term storage fees, they'll also discharge those products as well. So you got to be careful. You have to opt out of that. And then so given these inventory constraints, you know, one of the things people, because you get it charged a lot by Amazon, <laughs> Like I, I see 15%, you know, 50%, people, a lot of times it's higher than that. Some people, they pay for advertising as well. You know, maybe another 15%, you know, just to get their products shown. Uh, so, you know, we do advertise people to go using uh, arbitrage or retail arbitrage uh, when, you know, you're just starting it, starting out. And basically, like, you, you know, we want to give you the tools, like uh, to, you can switch to different rules. So, you know, earlier we have the AI and one of the things that people, you know, said that, hey, hey, uh, your AI, you know, when I use the sales maximizer, it brings me down to my min price a lot. And it's supposed to do that because one of the important factors is price. So it's going to bring you down to your min price in an attempt to sell more of that product to get the buy box for you. But you know what? Now you can raise the price. Yeah, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to, you, you can switch the rule depending on your available quantity. So let's say you had a product and originally uh, you had 20 available units. And then now you only have five units left uh, and you have to go out and you have to go and replenish those products. It's going to take you some time to do that. And then so while you are transitioning, while you're trying to get those products into Amazon, which is going to take some time, then you can actually switch it. You can switch it to a profit driven rule. You could actually get more profits by switching, let's say, from the AI uh, equalizer. Now you can switch to AI profit maximizer. So you can slow down your sales while you go out and you replenish the product. You can actually take advantage now of both AI and rule base. For a lot of people who swear by, they swear by using rule base uh, because it can match the buy box price. This is for you as well, because now you could actually match the buy box prices depending on the market conditions. You're, you're able to uh, change your prices automatically 
up as well. Yeah, so there's advanced automation. So there's you can switch between the different rules based on certain market conditions. So if something happens, then the repricer will react accordingly based on what you have set up before. And so you can set this up as an, as an automated rule, Samuel, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can say by using conditional repricing, which is the third strategy in our presentation today, trying to do our best to keep everybody who's just listening up to speed here with conditional repricing, you could set a rule that says, Hey, if my inventory gets low on an ASIN, we change to a more aggressively higher price, not aggressive, but less aggressive, higher priced strategy. I want my price to drift up when the inventory gets a little low, give me some time to get the inventory back in. And then once I'm restocked, then we switch back to a more aggressive pricing strategy. It's that can all be automated with conditional repricing. Yes. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. Yeah. And what's more is you're also able, let's say for a product that you're not selling well, you now have the option to, you can switch to a different rule. So the reverse is true as well. Maybe you had it on a more, more profit-driven rule, but now you can, based on if the product isn't selling as well as you anticipated, you can actually now uh, set the condition and it can change to a more aggressive rule as well. Yeah. So, so automatically? Uh, yes, automatically. Could it, So it's a condition I could say, hey, if this product hasn't sold in, say, 40 days, I want to go to a, if this ASIN hasn't sold a single unit in 40 days, I want to get a little more aggressive at dropping the price. Is that something I can set up in the conditional repricing across all my ASINs? Yes. Yes. That's what you that's can do. Beautiful. And, and that, and that's huge. That's huge. Yes. Because that's one of the things we encourage just to not to take over the presentation, but you know, as a replen seller, one of the, one of the more painful parts of keeping track of your business is as ASINs, they can be great for a while and then they start being not great. And you want to get rid of them as soon as you can without having to go in and change your repricer. Well, the conditional repricing can be set up to do that for you automatically, say at 30 days or 40 days. If it's just not moving, all right, let's get aggressive and get this thing out of here. Yes. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. So there are actually three default rules uh, that are recommended, but it's not limited to these type of items that I'm about to mention. So let me just share my screen here again. Uh, we're back into the same interface uh, and we have total of five different conditional rules. And you can see on the interface, you know, you can choose how to auto switch your rules. So for the three default ones, we have inventory age condition. And that's what you just mentioned there. If the product is slow moving, maybe it's an individual product. It could be a perishable item. Like, for example, here, I, I have a, a Victoria's Secret tropical product here. And this might have an expiry date. And then, so I might need to, you know, lower my prices, my ROI when that happens. So you could actually use the inventory age condition for those type of products for perishable items as well. And then, then for items that are fast moving, for example, let's say you have some fast moving inventory, then you could use the sell through rate condition. And this is related to also your IPI score. So if you need to make space for sending products into Amazon, uh, then this one is for you. For you know, typically fast-moving products, uh, then you, know, you can see the sell for rate. And we have more trainings about this as well. And then there's also days of supply. Days of supply, let's say it's a large volume product, and you know, it might be a replens product where you typically sell a certain number of units. So if for the days of supply, this actually pulls in from the Amazon reports of how many products do you have remaining uh, for you to sell, and uh, then you could make the adjustments according to that. Then we have two advanced conditions. It's both for FBA and FBM. Of course, FBA, there's going to be a lot more because it's pulling in from your FBA data, that's uh, your inventory that's in Amazon as well. But we also have something for FBM as well. So just to you know, quickly dive in and just give you a concept you know, about this, about the different conditions, and I'm just going to show the example here. And, you know, basically there's three different categories of conditions that you can set. And these three categories, I'm going to just show them um, how it works. So you can actually add them. You could have a, a main condition and then you could add another condition underneath it as a child condition. Um, and there's also or. So there's and and or. Or and is if you want, you know, this condition plus something else and then or is this condition or another condition 
So giving you some example here, we have 18 different choices you can select. And the way to divide them is the three different categories. So one category is, let's say, inventory. So the one category, you have the inventory age. Uh, you also have the estimated excess, the estimated long-term storage fees, and you also have estimated long-term storage units. And then the second category here is related to your sales and the available units. So you have the units sold, the units sold percentage, sales, uh, also your sales percentage, and also the available quantity. And then the third one is price related. So the price related, you know, it might be, this would be the buy box wins. Uh, you can pick the listings at the min price, listings at the max price, and listings at the lowest price, and also the listings that did not win the buy box. Uh, so those are the three main categories. And of course, there's a lot of real life scenarios that I can share with you. Yeah, I think that'd be helpful, you know, just to start talking through uh, specific ASINs and, and inventory levels and uh, how can a repricer with conditional repricing, you know, what can we begin to do? Give us some scenarios. I think that's a good transition. Okay, so let's go into one scenario that we first talked about. Let's say for your inventory. Okay, so we talked about inventory and let's say you have some dead stock. So it hasn't sold for 90 days. Like when you first got them, let's say I, I got the seasoning, like a branded, uh, for one of the retailers, branded seasoning here. And, you know, I got, I don't know, I got maybe like 80 of them, uh, but there's an expiry date on this and it's going to expire maybe in six months. Yeah, so what I should do you know, I would go into the conditional repricing. I'm just going to start a new tab here. I'm going to share my screen here uh, just to show everybody of how do we actually do this. And in the window here, when I pick conditional repricing, uh, we'll go to inventory age. And then in the inventory age, when I go in, I'm going to call this uh, liquidation because I'm trying to sell this product out and I want to, it hasn't, you know, sold in the last uh, 90 days. So here, we're, we have all of these defaults already set up, and then they've been paired with our default AI rules as well. So from zero to 30 days, I'm on the profit maximizer. I'm trying to get a large volume. I'm, I'm trying to get the most profits I can. And then from uh, 61 to 90 days, I'm still at AI equalizer. But let's say after 91 days here, you know, I put it at AI sales booster. And what's more is I can actually go in and I can set it you know, I can reset my ROI. Maybe I was looking for a 45% ROI, but after 91 days, I can set the ROI maybe at 25%. I'm willing to sell it off at 25% uh, because my product might expire. So you can do that for the inventory age condition. And, you know, some of the common inventory issues that we see a lot of customers have is they might have excess inventory. Uh, they might have products that are, have dead stock that's not moving, what I mentioned, you know, maybe after three months and they got too much of it. Uh, and there also might be high storage costs. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Jim, for excess uh, units, uh, which is going to give you long-term storage fees, typically for, you know, sellers, for let's say larger sellers that you talk to, typically like how much money do you think people are willing, like a seven-figure seller, uh, maybe eight-figure seller, how much are they willing to pay for the long-term storage fees? Oh, we teach everyone just to, to avoid them. You've got to do what you can to avoid them. You're better off bringing the stuff back and selling it on eBay than you are absorbing the long-term storage fees. So it, it is, yeah. uh, if you just let your stuff sit there till it sells and don't really pay attention, you can wind up just getting hammered with huge bills. <laughs> We're talking tens of thousands of dollars for a seven-figure seller, potentially. If, if you've got some of your inventory, that's just sitting there. So it makes a lot of sense to have these rules set up that, you start getting a little nervous around 45, 60 days. And now we're taking some serious action, you know, somewhere in that window or shortly thereafter. And we want to get aggressive with our prices and move that stuff out. Yeah, because long-term storage fees are no joke and, and they keep getting worse as far as, you know, Amazon is uh, really put it, putting a premium value on their storage space far more than they used to, uh, which is one of the reasons, for example, that we encourage very few sellers to sell books. For example, that used to be a great model. You could let a book sit there for a year and a half. And when it's sold, you know, and you make your 10 bucks, you're happy. Well, now you've gotten hammered so much with long-term storage fees that you got to sell a book for, you know, 
$30 to even make a profit now because it's sat there and you've been hit with fees. So yeah, you've got to pay attention to it. So one of the things we teach replin sellers is, you know, start getting a little nervous around 45 to 60 days and, and get that thing moving. And with the repricer, that's kind of attention to that for you and can slowly get aggressive when necessary. You know, that's invaluable. Yeah. So you're right. You don't recommend people to incur these long-term storage fees. So probably, you know, before that happens, maybe at the three months, three months cutoff line, you might go into the product, you might sell it for maybe you might change the prices. You might lower the mid prices in order to sell it out. And then you might have to go to a different listing after that. You might have to find other products to sell as well. And with our repricer, there's settings where you can find if there's any excess units, if it's over a certain amount, and uh, you can put it into a more of a liquidation strategy into place if you want. But what I really wanted to talk to you today is actually, you know, which conditional rules are actually suitable for the replen business. And maybe you could tell us a little bit, you know, what kind of products are replens typically? Do you go out and you buy a huge amount of them or, you know, right. are, are these stable products that you could go out and you could, they might not be clearance items, you know, they might be items that you could buy every day. Yeah. And I would imagine most people that are listening to this episode, you know, they're fairly familiar with the, the replens model and, and, it, you know, or they're starting to learn it at least, and it could be anything. It's, does it have a good looking keep a chart, which means I can expect reasonably to sell a handful per month in many of our ASINs, for example, as long as I'm selling two or three a month at somewhere around $5 profit, you know, 40 to 60% minimum net ROI. I'm pretty happy with that, but the tide can quickly turn on any of those, you know, 1500 ASINs. If another seller comes in and dumps 200 into inventory at Amazon and suddenly, you know, I'm sitting there with my, I, we never have more than about a month's worth of inventory on any ASIN. Uh, but sometimes that month's worth can turn into six months worth if someone comes in and kind of undercuts us. So having a, a repressure that pays attention to that is, is important for us because we don't want anything sitting there that long. Exactly. So for the replens products, you know, based on the attributes of the replens products, basically, like if you keep it for maybe, you know, a month's worth of stock, then you have to pay attention if it doesn't win the buy box. So one of the things you could use with conditional repricing is you can, and let me just show you this, uh, you can go into, you can set this up. I'm just going to open up a new tab here with uh, conditional repricing, and then I'm selecting the FBA advanced conditions, and I'm going to call this the replen uh, number one. Okay, this is replen number one here. You're naming the rule, right? Yeah, I'm naming the rule. Yeah, I'm naming the rule uh, after I selected uh, conditional repricing here. And then right. I can go into the when condition, and this is the main condition, and I can actually pick you know, the listings that are not in the buy box. But typically, we don't want you to sell at the lowest prices because that's not what we want to do. We want you to get a fair price for your products. So there's several, we're going to have the main condition, which is the listing not in the buy box. And then we're going to add another condition here. And this is going to be the unit sold. Okay. So uh, the combination is the listing that does not win the buy box plus the unit sold. So let's say typically maybe in one month, Maybe on average, you sell maybe 30 units of that product. And we know that the units sold in the last seven days, it's actually less than, let's say, three units. So on average, you should be selling maybe seven to eight units per week, but you're actually selling less than three. And so then in this specific you know, scenario, I might move it to the buy box price. I can actually move the product. I can move it to you know, near the buy box price. That's something that I might you know, start out with. Now, if I still don't win the buy box, now I'm going to the next when. Okay, so you can actually set up as different whens. But now, again, I go to the when condition, and then, then I'm setting here, again, the listings that don't win the buy box. And then now I'm setting this, you know, when I haven't won the buy box in the last seven days, okay? So if I'm not winning the buy box, it's very likely I'm not getting any sales in this specific case. Because if it's a, and of course, I want to add the other condition, the units for the last seven days, uh, again, it's uh, less than maybe two units. 
then I know I might need to go in there. I might need to make some adjustments. So, you know, I can, what, I, what can I do? I can, I can go in, I can change the rule. I can make it to a more aggressive rule. I can make it to like an AI sales booster, for example. I can start out with that. I could also change my min price too. Like originally, maybe for that replen product, I wanted 35%, but now I'm going to do 25%. Okay, I'm going to 25%, and then I'm going to see if that changes. And then there's also an or condition. This is the last or condition, which is at the bottom. And for all its conditional repricing, we always have this at the bottom. This is when none of the above conditions are met. You know, when none of them met, what do you change it to? So because it's a replen product, I'm going to change it to the AI equalizer because I do want to get an equal amount of sales and profits. So it's quite flexible. So this is one of the strategies uh, that, you know, we would recommend for replens customers when you check your listings not in the buy box. Yeah. I love it. And let me just recap and, and re-say what you just said, because I, I, I want to make sure I understand it, which I'm, I'm pretty sure I followed you completely. And for the listener's sake too, if you've got a replan and it's selling at a certain pace, you want to have a repricer that notices when that pace slows significantly. You can define what that means. But in your example, instead of selling 30 a month, we're on pace to maybe only sell four or five this month. Well, let's get a little more aggressive. And if that still doesn't help us win the buy box, let's get a little more aggressive even. And if that still doesn't work, well, now we're going in with the big guns and, and we're going to try to you know get as aggressive as we can. I love that kind of tiered conditional uh, thought process of you don't have to monitor this. That's really what this is. If you put some time and effort and energy into setting your repricer up on the ASINs as you introduce them into your arsenal, you're going to play very naturally through the process of maximizing your revenue with that ASIN until it's not a good ASIN at some point, which could happen and might and likely will for a good portion of them. And you're going to know how to handle it very well and make the most money you can and then get out from underneath it before you start getting hit with long-term storage fees. That's the summary. But I love the conditional multiple levels of condition, this rule and this rule and this one. If none of that works, okay, or we could do this. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And I want to show you another example uh, for replens as well. You could mix and match you know, different strategies depending on you know what's important for you. But what we've seen, a lot of people, they care when their available quantity is a certain amount. And when the available quantity is a certain amount, they want to do something and also the number of units that are sold. So let me just show you another example here. And I'm going to share my screen. I'm just going to go back to this and I'm going to just restart this in the when condition. Now, now I'm going to pick available quantity, available quantity for the available quantity. This is how much quantity you have. And let's say, I started out with uh, greater than 20, okay, greater with 20 units. And the units sold the last seven days, uh, maybe it was greater than 10. So maybe in a month, you usually sell 20. But right now, the available quantity, uh, you know that you got 20 and you know you have sold greater than 10, then you might need to raise your prices, right? Because you need to go out and you need to replenish that product. So then we could actually go to your price and you could actually put it to your max price if you want. Uh, you could actually go to, you could also go to your price and you could actually plus like uh, five cents uh, or you could actually add a percentage as well too because you know that the available quantity is 20 and you've already sold 10 in the last seven days. So you want to slow down your sales while you go out and replenish it. Because one of the things that's really interesting when I talk to a lot of big sellers is if their product is selling well, they want to go out and, and replenish those products. Uh, they want to go and get more of those units in so they can get even more sales from them. And then in the past, you know, they might just leave it, right? But now you have the option that you can now actually, you could first, you could change it to uh, AI profit maximizer. So you could actually slow down the sales while you go out and replenish it and you get a better profit for it. Uh, you could also change your prices. You could also do both. You could actually set your ROI even higher. Maybe it was 35%. Now you're looking at 50% under this type of condition. And then, of course, um, I can add another, another when condition. And this, again, I could use available quantity to set this up. And in this case, you know, I can have a different scenario where my available quantity 
you know, now it's um, now I have less than 10 units. And again, the condition I add underneath is the units sold. And I have less than 10 units. And then the units sold the last seven days has been maybe um, I've sold 10 of them. So I know I'm going to run out in a week. So now, again, I can uh, reset my prices to a higher price as well. I can do the same thing over. And I could repeat this depending on how many available quantity I have of this unit. And then I can put the subcondition, the unit sold. In this way, depending on my available units, I can automate uh, changing my rule, and I can also automate changing my prices. Yeah, and that's fantastic. And, and because hitting zero is a bad scenario for many reasons, especially you know, there's there's it's kind of painful to see one of your hot ASINs just fly off the shelf, and you know you could have charged more money, especially as you started getting less and less inventory on that ASIN. You would have liked to have been able to raise your price. Which I'm about automating that. And there's benefits to it. It actually improves your, uh, it can improve your IPI, your, your account health score to keep your best ASINs in stock. So one of the ways to slow down the sales volume is to raise the price as your inventory levels start to deplete. It's a phenomenal, yeah, it, it's a phenomenal strategy. And a lot of people do it manually, naturally. It's like, oh, I've only got five of these left. I'm going to raise the price so I can keep them. Well, you, you can set that up and do it automatically with a conditional price. Beautiful, beautiful. I love the great scenarios. Yeah. There's going to be different scenarios. I think the audience, you guys, you get the picture. There's, there's different conditions you can set. It could be your inventory. It could be if you know, this, this product keeps on being at your min price. Like it's been at your min price for maybe two weeks and you're still not getting any sales for that. Then you might need to make some adjustments. It could be the available quantity as well. So you know, it's really that umbrella framework about the inventory, uh, about your sales, and then also about the price. You can have so many different combinations for that. Right. It, you can really distinguish yourself too from uh, anyone else who's using a reprice or you can kind of get a man is like my reprice was a little smarter than the, you know, the, the other, just the average set my minimum, set my maximum, you know, do your thing type of repricer. You've got, you can put a lot of rules in there that really do start to give you a big advantage. So, all right, you know, this has been a good hour. We're coming up on an hour or so worth of content. What are the things we want to hit? to make sure that people understand this, you know, like, hey, is this expensive? What can people expect, you know, as far as pricing goes? And, and is this a separate offer from Vcool's different, typical uh, offers for reprice settings? How does that work? Regarding the pricing for uh, the conditional repricing, it, repricing it's, it starts at our $50 and above plan. So let's say you're on a plan that already have AI listings. We include it in that plan. So we're not charging people extra for this. But yeah, you, it starts at the $50 plan and you can start using that. You'll be able to switch between all the different AI rules just using the conditional repricing. Yeah, so it's at a price point which is affordable for most people. Yeah, and, and definitely main benefits, of course, is you can do the advanced automation and it could save you a lot of time because just talking a little bit about the time that it saves. Typically... Talking about the example, typically you need to go, first you need to go into the listings that didn't win the buy box, and then you might need to go through them and you need to make adjustments or you need to manually reset them to a different rule. And you have to check every five days, every seven days, every uh, 14 days. You got to check that yourself. Uh, you, also, you also have to check, okay, maybe I, I didn't sell units for this. You need to go in and then you have to adjust that. Also, uh, the time you save, let's say a product is selling really well, and you need to go back into the system and you need to make the minor adjustments. Typical in a week, uh, maybe 14 days, you find out you don't have enough stock. But now uh, these things are now automated. Yeah, so that's going to save you a lot of time yeah, from before uh, having to check yourself and then making uh, those adjustments afterwards. Yeah, fantastic. It, it's one of those tools that pays for itself very quickly if you set it up and use it properly. And I love that you're just rolling this. Anyone who's at the AI user level, the $50 a month level, conditional repricing is, it's there, ready for them to use. That's fantastic. Uh, so is it hard to transition? Let's say someone's using another repricer. We talked about people who have never used one and what it feels like to set up for the first time. And you did talk a little bit about this. You can export your settings, your minimums and your maximums from whatever tool you're using now and, and pull those over. If you're in inventory lab, you've kind of got a head start too, which is one of the tools that a lot of our replin sellers use, inventory lab. But how complicated is it to go from one repricer to another? 
I think it's, well, it takes some time to transition, but it's not complicated. Like the steps to do that is first you would sign up. Uh, the first step is sign up. You know, it's the first step. <laughs> sign up to the Be Cool Repricing Central. And then after you signed up, if you're using another repricer, then you can first download their listings and then you can put it into the template. Then you can upload that into the system. And then, then uh, don't start your repricing just yet. Yeah, so once you have set the min and max and the rule for your ASIN, then you can go and pause the other repricer. And then, then you can enable the repricing for your listings in BeQual. Yeah, so we don't recommend enabling two or more repricers at the same time because then there might be some conflict. Now, you don't want to have your foot in two ships going different directions. Yeah, so right. uh, definitely use the BeQual repricer and uh, you, you can set up the rules and then, then you can start repricing. Yeah, so that's kind of the steps. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, this has been very informative and, and instructive. I've learned a couple things. I'm excited to dive into some of the conditional settings that we have available to us in our account. Cause like I mentioned, this is what we're using. This is a tool we use. So I'm, I'm super excited about this and thank you. I know you guys worked on it a long time and this really sets you guys ahead of the pack from my vantage point on, especially in some of the, uh, the relationship you have with Amazon, some of the new changes that are coming. It, maybe we should address that. Uh, some of the repricers are going to be struggling with some of the changes that Amazon has coming down the pike. Is that something you're able to talk about? It's uh, we've talked about it offline, but what can you share with us on that front without throwing anyone under the bus? Obviously you have competitors, but how are you guys positioned to handle some of the coming uh, tech changes at Amazon? Yeah, I'm happy you asked that because, uh, we're fully prepared for the transition and what's happening behind the scenes right now is, uh, there's been, a marketplace uh, API called the MWS API that's been in place for more than 10 years. But one of our advantages is that we've been preparing for this since last year. Yeah, because uh, they push back. They push back the time for this. Yeah, so basically, you know, we're in the Marketplace Development Council. And uh, so we, we get the new updates earlier than other people. What's happening is now it's going to transition to a much smoother a higher quality service for users with less hiccups, and that's called the SP API. And this is required by July 31st. The SP sells, stand, sounds for selling partner. And so because we're, we're ready for this, we've been transitioning, it takes a lot of effort to transition from a previous API to a new API. So we're kind of ahead of the pack. And other software, they may have issues, yeah, because uh, they might not be, they might be quite new, they're relatively new, and they might not have a large team of engineers. Yeah, so we strongly recommend you to use a tool that is supported by Amazon officially, that's part of that invite-only Amazon Development Council. And uh, we're ready because uh, in July 31st, some of those data is, is going to stop working. And then by the end of this year, yeah, like they have to transition to the new standard. Otherwise, uh, you won't be able to reprice. Gotcha. We also use the AWS servers as well. Secure is scalable. It's more expensive, but it gives better integration as well. Yeah, we, we are ready. We're also one of the most affordable AI plus algorithmic rule plus now conditional repricing. So you could use both algorithmic rules and AI, and you could also switch between the rules as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're prepared for this transition. That's fantastic. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure and, and, and quickly mention that, uh, because I know everybody in our group, even among our coaches and our leaders, you know, just full transparency, we've got people with different preferences and things, but, uh, the list of repricers that works, even if you love it, they may not be working as well here towards the summer and towards the end of the year, uh, depending on how up to date they are with uh, their relationship with Amazon and, and some of the, the, technical behind the scene things that you guys have had to, to deal with. So you're prepared for that. And for all the audience, you know, we have this recorded on YouTube as well. So if you're more of a visual learner, you know, you can check out the YouTube video to see how the software functions and how we did all those settings as well. Yeah. We, and good job today. It wasn't easy being on an audio only podcast, trying to do a bit of a software demo, but I think we pulled off, you know, at least created some concepts in people's minds of what's possible and the different strategies they can use with a repricer, why a good one is so much better than kind of a, here's my minimum, here's my maximum, help me win the buy box type of repricer. 
uh, you guys have a lot going on behind the scenes that gives the, the seller a big advantage. And I, I know there's many users in our community, many of the big success stories that people have heard on this podcast who swear by using a good repricer, many of them using Be Cool. And it's, a, it's an honor to be partnered up with you guys. So great job, buddy. I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Jim. Yours as well. We'll see you in the next webinar. This is the end of today's podcast. Special thanks to Jim Cockrum for asking some of the key questions for Amazon sellers for all different levels. At Bequal, we believe that it's extremely important to learn how to grow your Amazon business step-by-step of a strong foundation. Jim is hosting the sold-out Proven Conference from August 12th to 13th in Louisville, Kentucky. Get your tickets while they last. We'll keep following Amazon updates and give you the best service we can. We are Bequal. We keep innovating to help you stay cool with your Amazon business. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to stay connected with our weekly new episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or any other streaming platform you prefer. Let's continue our journey to become the next Amazon top seller.